Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. Football is definitely high up the sporting weekend's agenda with many high-profile clashes across Europe. There's Liverpool versus Manchester United to come in England. The old classical between Barcelona and Real Madrid in Spain. Inter Milan versus Juventus in Italy. And Paris Saint-Germain versus Marseille in France. Thomas Muller! It's in! It's taken a horrid deflection. But Thomas Muller has struck as so often he does in critical moments for Bayern Munich. Very clear view of it, waved it on, and on go, Paris Saint-Germain on the counter with Mbappe, Drexler in support, Mbappe though goes all his own, and scored beautifully. Draws the port over, slides it in, And Jesus with us through a couple of challenges. Uh, Joel Felix dribbling and dribbling well to get away from Keita and then feeding it through to Griezmann. That's a super ball! It's a lovely goal! The equaliser for Atletico Madrid. 2-2 after just over half an hour. Can Salah have another save? He takes and scores! And Mo Salah's golden run continues. Plays it out wide. Chance here. Oh, what a finish! Phil Foden exquisite from the young Englishman. Shaw now sends over a cross from the left. Cristiano Ronaldo with the downward header. It had to be just one man. And the record goal scorer in the Champions League comes to find comeback for Manchester United. Yes, every one of those five top leagues has a top game on the weekend menu and we'll preview all games and have a closer look at who needs what. Also coming up, the left hand side it's taken nicely by Sally for Ibrahim Ibrahim with a pass into Barney a free Barney on the edge of the penalty box of one it's back into Sally for Ibrahim who sends it a long cross looking for someone to connect a cross the ball from nowhere really Isaac Mensah with the first goal for Grohartsevold he really looked at that the pass came out into the penalty box and all he needed to do was really help Joy 99.7 FM Grohartsevold leaving one goal to nail there's Isaac Mensah calling all the supporters right now onto their feet and you can imagine the crossbow stadium now we're well and truly underway here Hartsburg force without Athletic Club into checkmate in Morocco as Samuel Buedu's men attempt a major scalp against the 2017 Cup Champions League winners in that playoff return leg We'll still have some insights from the Hartsville camp and focus as well on the position as we preview the remaining Cup Champions League playoff games. We have our eyes on the Black Queens clash with the Super Falcons in the second leg of the 2022 Alcon qualifier 
and our taps very much on the Division 1 Super Cup finals to come. If you love to send us a message, we'll love to read them via social media accounts on WhatsApp 0551-111-997, on Facebook Joy slash 99.7, or on Twitter at JoySportsGH. There's also Formula 1 app on the menu. It's lights out, away we go. Bottas in the second phase, looks to stutter a little, a little bit, but Verstappen is not coming alongside him. It's Bottas that leads from Verstappen, and then, oh, comes to Charles Leclerc, and that's a spin for Fernando Alonso at turn one, and he's lost plenty of places. From pole position, Valtteri Bottas can now make it to the final corner to see the chequered flag, and Bottas crosses the line to win the Turkish Grand Prix. Behind him, though, Max Verstappen comes home to finish second, where he started in this race and that race will do nicely for Verstappen as he increases his championship lead. Alteri Bottas won the Turkish Grand Prix a second place for Max Verstappen returned the Red Bull driver to the championship lead. Lewis Hamilton was fit disagreeing with his team over the radio over their decision to make a late pit stop for the tyres that dropped him down from third. We're on the US for updates ahead of the United States Grand Prix. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Addy Jr., and welcome. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. And a great good evening to you, wherever you are joining us from. It's a good time to get into the sports, get into the discussions. Let's look at the wonderful preview to a very, very good weekend to come. So much here on our show. I have to tell you that you can really connect with us on our WhatsApp line, 0555111987. And it's important that uh, you can send us your messages on that. We will have to start from one place, surely, this evening, and it's basketball. Slithering for two. Intercepted by Jordan. Ahead to Baysmore. Tailed by Curry. Lost by James. Off to Davis. Anticipated a foul from Lopez. Euro. Oh, some English on it. James of 18. Curry is double teamed. He finds Green. Cutting, driving, tighting, scoring. Grayson Allen. Can't answer. Rebound on That is really, really hard to believe that the start of a new NBA season was just underway. Uh, early in the week, of course, it was just only 12 months ago that the LA Lakers won the 2020 championship inside the bubble. And less than three months since the Milwaukee Bucks as well won four straight games against the Phoenix Suns to capture the 2021 championship. The start of another season then brings fresh possibilities to the teams and players hoping that this year they can find some national relevance. It's a good opportunity for us to quickly look at what happened on the opening night and then look forward to what is to come plus all the little questions that you really really need joining me on the line for this analysis Kofi Owusu also uh, or known as what Kofi Toronto Kofi Toronto how are you doing this evening though I'm doing very good George uh, yeah 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 and it's good it's good to hear from you as well on our show for the first time I mean uh, first time since I was back okay that's fine also joining me in studio and alongside Kofi Owusu is Joe Botte uh, a member of the Joy Sports team I think you'll be having your Twitter spaces later tonight are you yeah, we will. Okay, so we'll be look- live at 10 p.m. Live at 10 p.m. All right, so let's get into it. Kofi, let me start with you then. Look, what did you make of the opening night? I mean, uh, there, were, there were quite a number of things that were up. Everyone was looking out for what it was going to be. Was it as electric as you expected it to be? Well, of course, after the long layoff from basketball, it was exciting just the fact that we're back. We're back watching NBA games. The first game wasn't 
as much as it was hyped up to be. The Brooklyn Nets versus the Bucks, it was kind of lopsided. The Bucks won the game quite easily. And likewise, in the evening, um, the Warriors versus the Lakers, that was a high, high star power match, but the Warriors came out on top. For the most part, the games weren't so exciting, but the fact that the NBA is back is, is, is great for us basketball lovers. Mm, I can see that. Uh, Joe, what did you make of the opening night as well? Uh, you were monitoring that. I think uh, uh, that, that night, yourself and Bill Sean, you, you, you were on Twitter spaces, I think a Joy Sports team as well, just to get the basketball community talking. And they did, they did talk. How excited were you about the first night? Yeah, it was a great night. You know, the Bucks always bring that energy. They bring the intensity. So it was quite exciting mm. for me because I knew I was expecting a revenge from the Nets, but it looks like Giannis was able to lead his team to victory again. Yeah, and it was it was it was good to see all the action coming through. Kofi, look, let, let me just get into the quick questions for you because we're doing this over <laughs> some six or seven minutes. Look, uh, will the Lakers trade for Russell Westbrook look genius or foolish at the end of the season? Where would you put this? Wow, that's 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 hard to that's hard to judge. Based on the first game, it looked very foolish. The first Westbrook had a but he's known of known for having slow starts. Um, last season with the Washington Wizards, um, he he wasn't at his best for the first half of the season, but the second half strong. So Westbrook is one of the great point guards in the NBA. So I wouldn't doubt him. The only issue is that um, they don't seem to mesh so well on paper. LeBron, Westbrook, they're very ball. So on paper it looks kind of hard, but LeBron, you know, has proved in the past he knows how to make things work. So I would give the Lakers um, our half a season to see what what comes up with them. Okay, Joel, look, well, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. And you were talking a lot about them. Are they still favourites uh, to win the championship if they don't have Kevin Ivan? To be honest, it's a shaky one. But if you look at how they performed last season, you can tell that um, they had they played 18 games. Um, they won 12 games and, and they lost 6 games without him so you could say it was a shaky one with, mm. with, with Kyrie Irving but mm. I believe they are still favourites because once you have James Harden one of the best 3 point shooters and you have um, Kevin Durant one of the best players in the NBA you know definitely they are still going to challenge no matter what and you know they still have the likes of Griffin and Patty Mills coming into mm. um, their, their, their starting five. So you know that that's a good team to start with. So they're still favourites. Hey, you see, it's early days yet and I, and I don't like us to draw so much uh, from it because it's just started. I, I like to hear your predictions and what you think and how it's going to happen and how it's going to go. But we obviously have to allow the season to roll. We are getting into another match day. Just to find out from you, Kofi, what are you looking out for just on the match day based on what you saw uh, on the opening night? Um, I'm looking uh, tonight. I'm looking forward to the Brooklyn Nets versus the Philadelphia Academy Sixers. Um, like Joe said, we thought the Nets would come out with more fire in the first game, so I expect them to bounce back. Um, without Kyrie Irving, it's, it's quite a loss, though, so let's see how they bounce back. Likewise, with the 76ers, the whole summer has been painted with Karma, with one of their best players, Ben Simmons. Um, he wants to leave desperately, and the team doesn't want him to leave, so it's a whole saga. So that's also an interesting storyline. So tonight's game between the the Nets and the 76ers should be quite interesting to watch. Okay, uh, Joe, your take on that one? Brooklyn, Brooklyn you, 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 are you a fan of Brooklyn Nets, are you? No, I'm a fan of Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> could we, could we laugh? Okay, good, good. So, so what are you expecting tonight? What, so what are your storylines? What are you looking out for? Tonight, um, unfortunately, today reports came out that mm. Ben Simmons had a meeting with the team mm. and they believe he would, he said he's not mentally ready to play. So, let's just take that out. Mm. We are going to have a look at Joel Embiid 
and whether Blake Griffin can handle him. You know, Joel Embiid is one of the best centers in the league right now. With the Brooklyn Nets, they have Kevin Durant. Mm. Now, once Ben Simmons is not in there, who's going to guard Kevin Durant? That's the question. So, this game is going to be an intriguing one. It's going to be a very nice game. We are hoping to see the best out of both teams. Yes, Kyrie is not in, but let's see what both stars bring to the game. I'm tipping Philadelphia 76ers, by the way. Okay, uh, so what, uh, Kofi, do you want to go into predictions for end of season? Uh, obviously, I have to go for the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, you go with the Brooklyn Nets. Safe? Are you playing safe as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sure, sure, sure. Let me say thank you to you, Kofi Wusu, for joining us. There's definitely more. I think, Kofi, you join us later on our Twitter spaces when we have a, a longer time to discuss uh, NBA. And, of course, you want to get onto my journal line and read all those lovely articles that are coming in. Joel and the team are making sure they're putting that together. Thank you very much, Kofi Wusu, for your time on the show. Thank you very much, uh, Joel, Bote, for your time as well. Good luck to whichever team that you support. And especially for tonight's, tonight's action. Let's see how it goes, Dolly. Uh, we'll move away away from uh, NBA quickly and getting to Formula 1 because we're running away straight into the United States Grand Prix. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. It's lights out, away we go. Bottas at the second phase, looks to stutter a, a little bit, but Verstappen is not coming alongside him. It's Bottas that leads from Verstappen, and then, oh, comes to Charles Leclerc, and that's a spin for Fernando Alonso at turn one, and he's lost plenty of places. From pole position, Valtteri Bottas can now make it to the final corner to see the chequered flag, and Bottas crosses the line to win the Turkish Grand Prix. Behind him, though, Max Verstappen comes home to finish second where he started in this race, and that race will do nicely for Verstappen as he increases his championship lead. Formula One next, and following the cancellation of last year's race, the circuit of Americas is back on the calendar in 2021. The track was criticized by MotoGP riders earlier this month for being too bumpy, but some of the bumps have been smoothed out ahead of this weekend's race. Mercedes Lewis Hamilton is the most successful driver at Austin with five wins in eight appearances, while Red Bull's only win at the track came in 2013, uh, the last year of the V8 engine rules. So what should we expect? Joining me is F1 reporter Raymond Yamada with some analysis. Thanks, Ray, for your time. After a return to a more traditional circuit, uh, one of which favours Verstappen more, the Dutch regained the championship lead and sits on top of the standings with six points. So what are the odds? Are we going to see Hamilton go back on top or is Verstappen going to hold out? Well, George, that's a tough question. But you know, I'm going into this weekend's race. I think that the circuit of the Americas is quite a tricky circuit. And you can always talk about uh, the possibility of overtaking on that circuit. It's always very possible. And uh, you look at that long back street with also some tight left-handers and also a multiple apex right-hander with a bumpy circuit. Uh, I think that it's going to be one of those races that a driver with a lot of experience on that circuit should be able to win. That said, I think that Lewis Hamilton has made a case for himself as the driver who has won the most at Kota, uh, having won five of his last six at Kota. I think that um, a lot depends on what he's able to do this weekend, especially uh, knowing that uh, the last race that he took part in, he had to take an engine penalty for changing his engine. And so it's going to be a very difficult race. And let's not forget that Max Verstappen also failed to win the last race. He lost out to Valtteri Bottas. And clearly, 
he needed a bit more speed to have been able to overtake the fin. And so um, a lot is expected from both drivers going into this weekend's race. But you would expect Lewis Hamilton, as always, you know, having a lot of experience and taking out mistakes from his game. I think that if he's able to sort that out, uh, he should be able to be back in with some more points in this race. And so it's going to be a very difficult race. Uh, and we would have to... Uh, take a look at what both drivers have been able to do on the circuit. And I think Max Verstappen had closed the gap on Lewis Hamilton in the last two races at Skota in 2018 and in 2019. Uh, he was just one second in behind uh, Lewis Hamilton in both races. And so it tells you that even on that circuit, Max Verstappen knows how to get his way around it. And with an improved chances this season, I think that it's going to be a very keenly contested race. And of course, you would always be on the lookout for Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in this particular. And so, it's head-to-head. It's 50-50, uh, and it's going to be very difficult. It'll be interesting to see how the race pans out. But uh, I think that I'm um, looking at the history of both drivers. It should be an interesting one, uh, and it'll be quite close to call. Raymond, we have six more races at the end of the season. Verstappen sits ahead of Hamilton with six points. He managed to regain the lead after he finished, after Hamilton finished fifth in Turkey following the change of, uh, you know, a tie, an engine there. That wasn't the first time Mercedes and Hamilton have suffered from not picking up maximum points due to certain mistakes. With the season getting closer to the end and considering Red Bull and Verstappen's performances, do you reckon those petty mistakes are moments Hamilton and Mercedes will rue? Should Verstappen win the championship? Very fine margins will settle this year's championship. And I say this because you look at both drivers. Both drivers have made mistakes, but who has taken advantage of each other's mistakes more? I think that Max Verstappen has been the man to take advantage of Lewis Hamilton's mistakes. Anytime Max Verstappen has made mistakes, Lewis Hamilton seemingly also f- finds a way to capitulate. I think that typical example would be that race in Azerbaijan when Max Verstappen lost his wheels. You would have expected Lewis Hamilton to go ahead and win the race, but he also went for his magic button, which locked his wheels. And so, clearly, he struggled in that race. Again, you look at the last race we saw in Turkey, where Lewis Hamilton had it all to do after taking that engine penalty. Indeed, he defied team orders. And at a point where he decided to pit, after deciding to actually drive to the end of the race with the intermediate ties, he decided to pit 10 laps after. And at the time he pitted, he had to drop from third to fifth. And clearly, that wasn't good enough because there were just eight laps to go. And looking at the pace of the drivers in front of him, it was always going to be very difficult to overtake them. And so, Lewis Hamilton himself has self-destructed, not listening to team orders. And that not to say uh, Lewis Hamilton hasn't won races without listening to team orders. He has. But you can just tell that this is one of those seasons where Lewis Hamilton is not getting as lucky as he used to. And Lady Luck isn't smiling too much on Lewis Hamilton. And so, he may have to you know, relook at his race strategy and listen more to the team. I think that once he's able to sort all of these things out, he should be able to uh, finish the championship as the winner. Again, you look at Max Verstappen. He has had problems with time management. I think that has been his only challenge. In Spain, he had issues. In Monaco, he had issues. And in Azerbaijan, when he lost his ties. I think that, you know, once Red Bull are able to get a hold on the time management issues that Max Verstappen has, you know, that one-stop strategy doesn't seem to be working too well for him because he wants to keep up pace, because he wants to maintain the pace to the end of the race. And so, I think that some of these mistakes, once they are sorted out by both drivers, we should have a very interesting finale to the season. But I think that who makes less mistakes should be able to win the championship. For Mercedes, if they lose the championship, definitely it will be down to how Lewis Hamilton has failed to take advantage and how Lewis Hamilton has made needless mistakes in the course of the season. And it just reminds me of the seasons where um, 
Sebastian Vettel was trying to catch up with Lewis Hamilton and kept self-distracting. That in itself did never help the driver and that actually helped him get out of Ferrari because clearly he failed to deliver the championship title that he needed. I think that Lewis Hamilton has to pay a bit more attention and listen to the team a bit more. Max Verstappen will also have to, you know, be as smart as he has always been just to make sure that they both eschew mistakes from their race. And I think that we're going to see an interesting finale. The McLaren-Ferrari fight this season has been a sideshow to the Hamilton-Verstappen one. Now, between McLaren and Ferrari, who do you see performing better in US? Well, George, that little battle for third place as far as the constructors title is concerned, it's quite an interesting one. I think that for Ferrari, yeah, they've been helped in recent races because of the update to their power unit. And you look at that last race in Turkey, they were explosive. Leclerc finishing fourth. And... Carlos Sainz finishing eighth, clearly a statement of intent. But I think that for McLaren, what has worked for them most part of the season is how they've set up their chassis. They've set up their chassis for a lot of pace. And so, you know, you can expect that on their long back streets, they will be explosive. It will be difficult for you to catch up with them. And they can also very overtake very well, you know, with the ability of the drivers. I think that it will boil down to the brilliance, individual brilliance of both drivers, uh, not down to their cars, not because of the advantage of the cars. And I still think that we've seen Lando Norris show that is one driver who can be, you know, competing for the championship in future. He's shown a lot of brilliance, a lot of bravery, a lot of skill, a lot of um, circuit craft. I think that, you know, his race crafts have been fantastic. And so, I think that you look at Lando Norris and look at Ricciardo. You know, Ricciardo managed to win in Monza. And that clearly tells you that these are drivers who have winning mentality as well. I think that Leclerc, for most part of the season, you know, has been, you know, inconsistent. And you could say same for Carlos Sainz. And that has been what's actually caused them to the point, to this point in the course of the season. And so I think that McLaren do have the upper hand. Uh, they are in pole position to win that championship uh, for uh, the third place in the championship for uh, the constructors and I think that even in the championship proper uh, you could still see uh, Lando Norris holding on for that fourth spot and possibly you could expect uh, the likes of um, Ricciardo to also you know get in a bit closer uh, and actually topple the two Ferrari drivers who are ahead of him and so I think that everything is pointing to a McLaren a dominance in the US this weekend because of the peace and how they definitely are going to set up their chances for peace. And of course, you can finish with your podium predictions, Raymond. Podium finishes certainly close to call, but you can expect Lewis Hamilton with his experience at Kota to be able to uh, bring that to bear on the race. And also, in the last race we saw in Turkey, Mercedes did set up for peace extremely quick, um, about 15 kilometers per hour quicker than Red Bull. Red Bull clearly uh, were lacking space and since the Dutch GP we haven't seen Red Bull show the pace they showed at the start of the season. That could play into the hands of Team Mercedes and with Lewis Hamilton not serving any engine penalty you could always expect him to come all guns blazing at this one. That not to say we are not going to see an explosive performance from Red Bull but I still think that uh, looking at Mercedes dominance at quota they might just win this particular race. Max Verstappen may come in second, um, and I'm expecting that, you know, either Ferrari or McLaren, you know, but I'm tipping McLaren to actually, you know, take that third spot, and possibly Lando Norris should be the man uh, to be in third place in this particular race. I don't think that uh, Valtteri Bottas would show the pace that we saw him show in Turkey in this particular race. So, Lewis Hamilton could win this one, uh, Max Verstappen could come in second, and we still have a, a title race on our hands. It definitely will go down to the wire. Thank you very much, Raymond, for joining us on the show. And as always, coming our way with uh, excellent Formula One analysis. 
live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. So we can do some more. We move away from Formula One and getting to football. Well, we have to check the live action for you at the moment. Aston lead Aston Villa by one goal to nail. And guess who has scored? Thomas Partey with his first goal for Arsenal. Thomas Partey with his first goal for Arsenal. It was coming. It's been a fantastic uh, month for him, I think. Two goals for the Black Stars in as many games. And, of course, a goal for Arsenal. He's been hitting the bomb told, and it's good to see him get his first goal there. That's just it. We'll be coming back with all the games that are ongoing at the moment to give you the updates, but there's more to come here on the locker room. We want to talk some business in Morocco because the Crown Hearts have arrived in Casablanca. They are going to be playing the games with that athletic club in the CAF Champions League playoff return leg. In the first leg, Isaac Mensah's goal separated the two sides, so they have a slender lead, the Crown Hearts team, and they're hoping to try and consolidate that in the game on Sunday. We'll see how all of that goes. But so it was good to catch up with the team and just, you know, check the pulse and see how they're feeling ahead of this one. Uh, for most of them, first time traveling into Morocco, first time having to do this, they will be, you know, relishing this opportunity. And they're saying they're very, very confident. I got to the camp and I spoke to the man of the match for the first day. Mohamed Alassan, and he was alongside, or alongside him was his partner, Robert Adusoa. Enjoy this discussion. When we come back, there's more to tell you. If you're just joining us, we told you Arsenal lead Aston Villa by one goal to nil, and it's Ghana's Thomas Partey who has caught the goal. Now, enjoy this conversation I had with Mohamed Alassan and Robert Adusoa. We'll be back with more. Simon and Ansamboche. It is Banya. Comes Brian Salifu. Always looking for some bit of opportunity. Oh, this is great! This is lovely! It is Isaac Mesa with the goal for Akra Hartford. But what a cross that form! Ibrahim Salifu, well timed, perfectly touched that form. Isaac Mesa, it is Akra Hartford. Mm-hmm. Look, let's talk about the first game. I mean, how did you see it? The first game against Wakanda. How did you see that game generally? Okay, it was, mm-hmm. it was a tough one. It was a tough one. But uh, now we see. I give credit to our technical and with the players because all what the coach told us, like we took it. Yeah. in a good faith, we implemented it on the foot of play and I think that's what helped us because they keep they keep and we also showed them that they are here but they should forget and we see your pictures on social media after the game over the footage and, and yeah. with, 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 uh, with a lot of emphasis on the on the defenders yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We, saw, we saw we saw that we saw that there was, there was a guy that wrote that story Okay. Yeah, we saw it. There are a lot of, there are a lot of, yeah, a lot of props. Okay. <laughs> so, so tell me, the first, like the first 15 minutes, the pressure yeah. was, was, was serious. Yeah, the pressure yeah. from work was serious on you. How did you manage not to concede a goal? Because I was scared. Like I said, um, like we, 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 we said, keeping our composure. Yes. For them not to penetrate. Because as you can see, they are, yeah, yeah. to overcome them. If it, it had not been that, I like, <laughs> it would be in trouble. <laughs> oh, you had the match of the day. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you knew you were going to be the man of the match. You, you had. You, had, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, certain times. <laughs> frankly, me, for instance, when I'm on the field of play, playing, I don't think of that man of the match. Okay. What yeah. I think of the three points. Because if we are able to get the three points, it's more than the man of the match. Yeah. Because it's because of the good players them. Players yeah. It's because of yeah. them. Frankly speaking, yeah. I never imagined that that was what was going to happen. <laughs> but God being so wonderful, it happened. You couldn't have predicted that no, 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 in no, the no, work no. game you would be the man of the match. Never. <laughs> you know, it's like that's, that's the nature of football. Ah, yeah. So you got the man of the match. Bueno. Hey. Acting again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, yes. <laughs> in the game of football, yeah. you never predict football. Mm. That's how mm. you can never predict football. Mm. Uh, that's why certain times uh, when we are going in for a match, I don't talk about that game. I talk about I talk about a match that has been played. It's over here. But when we are going in for that match, I don't talk about that because you can't predict football. Whatever you see, maybe you don't get it back. That's how football is. Uh, looking at the world game. It was fantastic, but what can we do? What can you do, yeah? They came, but we showed them that we are had to focus. Well, they themselves <laughs> got to know that the name Accra has to focus is not a small name. They've heard the name, they've tested the club, and they've got to know that Accra has to focus is not a small club. And I know that we going there is going to be a different thing altogether. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are <laughs> nothing is going there to fight. Yes, yeah. yes. Nothing is going to fight. How do you see that? I mean, the, I think there was a moment that the ball went into the net. Wax scored the goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, those of us who were on the sidelines realized that this was an offside anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the ball went to the net, you were, you were confident it was offside. I was very confident very, that very confident. It, it, it was offside. But <laughs> at first, it didn't came in mind that it was offside. Yeah. But I watched my back and I saw that it was offside. That gave me the confidence that, as you say, sir, it's offside. That was a scary moment tomorrow. <laughs> it wasn't so, easy. It wasn't easy. It was football. Football. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Football. football is being played. First 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes. That's where the pressure is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you are able to endure the first 15 minutes pressure, mm-hmm. you are safe. First 15 minutes, when you're able to endure it, that ends it. We, can, it we can also say first 15 and last 15. First 15 and last 15. Yes. Yeah. Because looking at the game, it happened. Yeah. But the first 15 minutes was very, 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 very was powerful. Yeah. Was power. But we're able to contain that pressure and not being so wonderful. He gave us the win. There were fans in that game. The first game, there were no fans. But if this game, this game they were fans. Do yeah. you feel the? Do you, do you do you feel a difference? In the stadium. Always we've been feeling the difference, but me, for me, the moment I enter into the field, I forget about fans. I know they are there, but I forget about fans. Concentrate on the game. After the game, then I look onto them. So the focus is the focus is mainly on the game. Mm. The moment I step on the field. Yeah. Wow. 
Batman. That's the thing. I won't force you to talk about the game, but at least going to Morocco. It's the first time going to Morocco. Yeah. It, it does not even matter. <laughs> it doesn't even matter really. Um, what kind of challenge do you think is coming? For <laughs> challenges, for challenges, I know we are going to. Uh, they being in Ghana here, we show what happened. We show what happened. I know when it comes to for that one, they are yeah, all. Let me say it for you. When it comes to referee, everything, everything is going to happen. A lot is like the the odds are against you. A lot. It will yeah. happen. But me, one thing I believe is when. We put in hard work, comport ourselves like we did in Ghana here. Yeah. Yeah. But I believe in it. We believe in ourselves. But looking at the caliber of players we have now, forget. Because the oneness, the understanding is there. I don't think uh, there will be a club that has to fall to face. That will know that. Yes, I face Every club will know. Yeah, the club will know. <laughs> because if you were privileged to uh, interview one of the workplace, you would have certified by himself. No, they said in their interviews. I think uh, I think the coach said it. I think one of the players said it. Seriously, because yeah, they yeah. have interviews. Interviews. Playing with. They have a lot of respect for the club. Playing with the players of food. You know that. Yes. I'm playing with one of the biggest clubs in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going there. I know it's going to be tough. But I think it's important. Are you having some dreams already? We, <laughs> we, 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 we have to expect more from them. Yeah. yeah. Because they are going to give us more. So we have to be ready for them. And I can say, say we are very ready for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how, how has training been? I mean, what, let, let me start with Coach. What were Coach's words to you when you, you took the man of the man of the man? Coach, you were ready. So when you met you guys? <laughs> what did Coach tell you? When you met you out that day? You know, coach, has been, coach, he has always been a father to us. Yeah. Always. Because if you do it well, you will get the praise, yeah. So if you do it bad, he's going to pay you. If you do it well, well for him, you are going to get the prizes. <laughs> for him, if you do it well, forget it. He will let you know that you did, you did it well and you appreciate it. But if you don't do it well, because you know what you can do. Because coach knows the strength of every, each and every player. So if you don't give to your maximum, he knows. Yeah. Find out maybe if something is wrong with you, maybe he will do a help. Actually, to tell you, yeah, yeah. And he's just looking. When you open up to him, when he has a way of helping, that's how he's going to help. So after the game, I don't match. He met you seven. Why? Why you are doing it, father? <laughs> it's like family talking. Let's wrap it up. Um, okay. How, what, what is your word to the fans as you go to Morocco? What do you have to tell the fans? Okay. For the few words I have for the fans is that they should keep on. We, we, we like the good work they are doing to us and we, 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 we pray that we ask them that they should keep supporting us. Keep praying for us. We're going to Morocco. We think we're going to bring something good home. So they should keep praying.
That's right. Beautiful. Beautiful. More your final words to the, the fans. You know, when we started the league, it was up and down. But one thing I love about it, they wasn't discouraged. They supported us. Yeah. And God be so wonderful, we had a good I always say thank you to them. Yeah. yeah. They, should keep, they should keep supporting the club. Because without them, there's no accountability. Yeah. Without them, there's no accountability. They should keep supporting the club. And we make them proud. We are going to make them proud. Right. Thank you very much, uh, Mo. Thank you very much, Robert. I do so as well. Thank you. And a big thank you to thank everyone you. for watching. We're hoping the very best for our club as they go away to play against that athletic club. My name is George Ali Jr. Definitely you know there are more interviews like this coming up. Live on radio, live online, this is the locker room with George Addo Jr. So we look forward to that game between Without Athletic Club and Accra Hearts of Oak will take place on Sunday. So much to come on that one. And you're standing around. Arsenal still lead Aston Villa by one goal to nil with Thomas Partey's first goal for Arsenal. Okay, so let's talk some more about the English Premier League. Uh, the BBC John Bennett is back on the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. We had a great chat. Yeah, we had to talk about a lot, you know. Even some talking about stuff outside England for the first time, you know, on our BBC two-way series. Let's enjoy this, and when we come back, there's certainly more to come. Thanks, John, for your time on the show, as always. And there's no better place to begin than Manchester United. We know they staged another comeback after turning it round against Atlanta. That's one victory in United's difficult run. And also a brief sigh of relief for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Has the win quite simply bought Ole some more time? Hi, George. Good to speak to you again. I don't think there was ever any danger of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being sacked in the short term by... The Manchester United board, they're behind him. They feel the fans are behind him. But I do think it's taken a slight bit of pressure off in terms of the media, in terms of the supporters perhaps as well, because there were boos at half-time during that game against Atalanta. But the problem is there's now a huge game, isn't there, uh, for Manchester United against Liverpool. And the pressure from external sources will be back on if it's a poor performance, if they suffer a bad defeat and you have to say Liverpool are the big favourites going into this game despite all the talent that Manchester United have despite the home advantage Liverpool are in great form unbeaten in their 12 games this season in all competitions they scored a remarkable 30 goals in their last nine matches and we saw didn't we against Atalanta those old problems at Manchester United which keep happening the lack of solidity in midfield the problems of the centre-backs I mean Zapata bullied Victor Lindelof didn't they? They desperately need Rafael Varane back, Manchester United, from injury. So Liverpool will go in as huge favourites and the pressure will be back on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer if that game goes against him, not just result-wise, but performance as well. And yes, as I've said, I don't feel there's any danger of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being sacked in the short term, but I live in Manchester and even hardcore, loyal Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fans will admit that they don't think he is the man who can take them on to that next level. 
he's not an elite manager like a Tuchel, like a Klopp, like a Guardiola. And perhaps for Manchester United, not just a challenge to win the Premier League, but to win the Premier League, and not just a challenge to win the Champions League, but to win the Champions League, perhaps they need to get a real top elite manager like an Antonio Conte in to take them to that next level. Perhaps like a Zinedine Zidane. Because at the moment when you compare him to Tuchel, to Klopp, to Guardiola, it's just the truth, isn't it? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not at that level as a manager. John, Chelsea were dominant against Malmo, putting four past the Swedish counterparts. Irrespective of the win, Chelsea lost the two starting strikers in the space of about 10 minutes. While it may seem Chelsea have relatively easier games on the horizon, how disturbing will the absence of Lukaku and Werner be for Tuchel? And who are you expecting to step up and take responsibility? It's worrying, isn't it? And I wonder if there'll be a few Chelsea fans thinking, why did we sell Tammy Abraham, who, despite a horrible performance by Roma in uh, midweek when they lost to uh, Border Glimt when he came on as a sub, despite that, he's having a brilliant season at Roma. But he is gone. He's not there at Chelsea. So they're going to have to find solutions, Chelsea, to fill in up front. Kai Havertz, of course, can play there. And he's a brilliant finisher. Um, I'm sure in the short term, he will be starting up front and he'll do really well I'm sure but it, a couple of concerning performances by Chelsea I thought against Brentford Edouard Mendy kept them in the game um, the only reason they won that game was because of a world class performance by the goalkeeper so they haven't been totally convincing of late Chelsea but still I expect them to be right up there challenging Manchester City and Liverpool at the end of the season I, I thought it was strange that after saying that he needed a rest Thomas Tuchel played Romelu Lukaku in midweek against Malmo. That, that seemed like the perfect opportunity to, to give Romelu Lukaku a rest. But, but he played, he picked up the injury, and now it, it's a, that, that's, a, that's worrying for Chelsea that they'll be without him for, for a period of time. They won't have any problems this weekend. They're playing against Norwich, but I'm sure Thomas Tuchel will be weighing up in his mind whether that was the right decision to play Romelu Lukaku. John, what's the latest on Newcastle's search for a new boss? Who's the favourite to take over? Are the richest club in the world at the moment? Well, Graham Jones will take charge this weekend. A huge game against Crystal Palace. They're turning into must-wins, these games, aren't they, for Newcastle? They still haven't won in the Premier League. So Steve Bruce's former assistant coach, Graham Jones, former Luton boss, used to be Roberto Martinez's assistant as well for many, many years. He'll be in charge this weekend. And the search is continuing. Paolo Fonseca appears to be the favourite. We know he's already met with Newcastle United. Former Shakhtar Donetsk boss, former Roma manager. I was really impressed with the way he led Shakhtar Donetsk during some difficult times. They played a brilliant brand of football, dominated by uh, a number of Brazilians that play for, for the club. And there was a really good balance in that team. They, they played some excellent attacking football, but I thought they were strong at the back, which Newcastle fans would love that to be the case uh, their club. Uh, there were problems at Roma, fell out with Edin Dzeko, for example, but I think he'd be a great candidate. Lucien Favre has been mentioned, the Borussia Dortmund boss. I've spoken to some players who've played for, for Lucien Favre. They, they rave about him, how good he is as a coach and a man-manager as well. Other names being mentioned, Eddie Howe, who did a wonderful job at Bournemouth, but he got relegated in his final season there, which will possibly put doubts in the minds of the owners and the fans. And some long shots, Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard, although Gerrard has said he's very happy in his current job at Rangers in Scotland. So at the moment, Fonseca appears, George, to be the favourite to take the Newcastle job. 
John, despite beating Leipzig, many were unconvinced about the manner of PSG's win in midweek. Two goals from Messi and short Paris Saint-Germain put aside a stubborn RB Leipzig, but eyebrows are beginning to be raised over Mauricio Pochettino's management. What's your take on the issue then? Does Poch have what it takes to get the best out of this PSG side? Or does the team already need a different manager? Yeah, I'm not convinced, I have to say. I'm not convinced by Maurizio Pochettino's PSG. I just don't think he looks comfortable in this team. I don't think a team of stars suits him as a boss. You remember his Tottenham team. That was a workmanlike team. They played some brilliant football. Don't get me wrong, but that team worked really hard. They worked for each other. It wasn't, despite some brilliant individuals like Son, like Kane, like Deli Alli at his best, despite those brilliant individuals, it was a team that worked really well as a unit and that's not what PSG are doing at the moment. And he just looks uncomfortable, Maurizio Pochettino, with the external pressures of having to play certain players, the big stars. And, yeah, they, they, they don't convince me, I have to say. Even this game against RB Leipzig, RB Leipzig were very, very unlucky not to get something from this game. They're having a, a poor time in the Bundesliga at the moment. I think they'd only won three of the last ten going into this game. But at times they were outplaying. PSG because of their work rate, because of their organisation. Um, so that's a big worry. But a bit like Manchester United, the individuals are always there to turn things around. So when things are going badly for Manchester United, a Ronaldo can step up and, and get a winner. And it's the same for PSG. When things aren't going great, Kylian Mbappe can go on a fantastic run and set up Lionel Messi. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about PSG. They're going to run away with Liga this season. They'll win the title. Uh, but but in the Champions League and the big games when they come up against the big sides, will they be able to deliver? I know what you're all saying. They've beaten Manchester City so far in the group stage. But I just wonder when it comes down to the crunch of a knockout game next year in the knockout stages, will they be able to do it over two legs? Let's see. I really admire Maurizio Pochettino as a manager, but I'm just not sure he's suited to this PSG job. John Moreno's Roma lost by six goals to one on Thursday. That comes on the back of a defeat already in Serie A and an earlier defeat there to Lazio. Perhaps nobody would have paid attention to Roma had they not lost by that margin to Bodo Glimt. So my question then is, is this simply a blip or there's trouble already brewing in Rome? Yeah, what an incredible result. There were extenuating circumstances. He did rest a lot of players, Jose Mourinho. They've got a huge game at the weekend, but still... To lose 6-1, and there were big players on the pitch when things got really bad. He brought on some subs, and still the result went against them. Jose Mourinho's interview after the game, I'm not sure was wise. It seems to be that old thing where he's turning players against him again. He was saying that some of the players not in his first eleven aren't good enough. He mentioned that he's only got a really strong team of 13 so what will the the players outside of that 13 be thinking now? Um, so you wonder what effect that interview will have on the squad. But I'm going to reserve judgment because there's a big way for Jose Mourinho to turn this around. They play Napoli on Sunday. Now, Napoli have been the form team in European club football in terms of domestic leagues this season. They're the only team in the top five European leagues to have a 100% record. Eight wins out of eight in Serie A. They've had a brilliant start with Victor Rossomen, the Nigeria striker, their key man. Can Roma get something from this game? If they can, then things are right back on track for Jose Mourinho and this will be quickly forgotten. If they don't and they suffer a bad defeat in that game, then the problems will continue 
and perhaps we'll see the implosion of a Jose Mourinho side happening quicker than it did even at Tottenham, even at Chelsea the second time around, even at Manchester United. So, yeah, let's see what happens. That's a big game this weekend. Well, John, we have one big game this weekend. It's Liverpool versus Manchester United in England's oldest rivalry. The two teams are definitely in contrasting forms with a Salah-inspired Liverpool feasting and United not particularly exciting. But from precedent, we know these are the sort of situations Ole Gunnar Solskjaer thrives in when his job is especially on the line. He's able to rock up unimaginable wins and now has Ronaldo. So are we set for another one of those Ole Gunnar Solskjaer miracles or Salah and Liverpool will be just a class above? Now, as I mentioned, George, I, I think Liverpool are the big favourites for this one. I, I think the old spark is back for Liverpool. The way they are playing is just sensational. They're that unit again. The, the balance in the team is fantastic. Yes, you've got this extraordinary attacking lineup and the best player in the world right now, Mohamed Salah. But also, uh, at the back, they look very strong. Now, again, your listeners will be saying to me, John, they weren't that great in midweek against Atletico Madrid. When they won 3-2, they conceded two goals in first in the first half. That is that is true, but I'm sure that could even have helped Jurgen Klopp. That will act as a bit of a wake-up call. I'm sure they'll be working on what went wrong this week in the lead-up to the game against Manchester United. You can never write off Manchester United. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer seems to pull things out of the bag, doesn't he, at the worst moments. But Liverpool, for me, have to start as favourites. And I, I, I think it's going to be a three-horse race for the, for the title. Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester City. And at the moment, I would say Liverpool would be my favourites to win the title. Finally, John, which EPL games are you looking forward to this weekend? Am I allowed to pick out Leicester City, George? <laughs> I'm not going to. Although it's a decent game at Brentford for, for Leicester City. West Ham against Tottenham. That looks like a cracking game. I'm still not convinced about Tottenham, despite the... The decent results they've been picking up recently in the Premier League. Although Nuno Espirito Santo did rest his key players in midweek. They didn't play in that Conference League defeat against Vitesse Arnhem. Whereas West Ham, they don't have a big enough squad to rest many players. So I wonder if that will have an impact on on that game. Uh, Elsewhere, Leeds United are struggling, aren't they, at the moment? They play against Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's going to be an interesting game, particularly with Wolves finding some confidence after their great win against Aston Villa. Crystal Palace against Newcastle, such a crucial game for Newcastle. Will there be a a change in the mood now that Steve Bruce has gone? Crystal Palace, though, were brilliant, weren't they, against Arsenal last Monday. Should have won the game, so Patrick Vieira is doing doing a great job there. And Brighton against Manchester City. George, you will have heard me rave about Graham Potter, the Brighton boss. Pep Guardiola raised about him as well, causing the best English coach in the Premier League. So that's going to be an interesting clash. Brighton have done okay against big sides in in the past. They have sometimes suffered heavy defeats, that's true. But I think Graham Potter this season has really improved Brighton. They're fourth in the Premier League at the moment and they could give Manchester City a good game. Stand by for us to talk next week when Manchester City have won 6-0. But, but I think that Brighton are going to give Manchester City a good game. Thanks, John, for your time on the show as always. That's the BBC's John Bennett. Yeah. 
Well, standing by to see if we talk about uh, Manchester City beating Brighton by six goals to nil. That's an interesting one, yeah. But what a weekend! What what kind of games we've got? Interesting games to come. Great games all across, everywhere you look at it. Well, that's it for uh, the very bit in, what, in getting all those analysis. We have to talk about the live games that are ongoing at the moment, and then talk about the games to come here on our show. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. Things you have to catch up quickly. Try to catch up is important. Uh, we've got uh, some Twitter spaces coming up as we talk about the NBA games to come later tonight and preview the weekend and talk about all we saw in the opening night on Sunday. Joy Sports Arena. We're going to be enjoying the Liverpool versus Manchester United or Manchester United versus Liverpool game. Uh, that's a big one. We've got live commentary. Care to see our partners, the BBC. I think later. On Sunday, we'll talk about WAC without Athletic Club versus Accra Hartsville in that second leg of the Cup Champions League playoffs. We'll also look at what happens with the Black Queens. They're playing on Sunday. Is the return leg of the 2022 Alcon qualifier against the Super Falcons of Nigeria. In the first leg, they lost by two goals to nail. Can they overturn? And that's what we'll be trying to answer. Plus, we'll also tell you about what will be happening at the Division 1 Super Cup. Division 1 Super Cup. The final will be contested between Hot Sky FC. Yes, they are up there. And Tema Youth. So that will be a special one for all of us. And we'll be looking forward to what happens in that one. I was going to add for you as well that the transfer deadline for the Ghana Premier League is on Saturday, 23rd October. So like we've done it, we're coming away with the Ghana Premier League transfer countdown. And we're going to be taking you through all the moves that have happened in the space, how the teams are looking with a few days to the start of the new Ghana Premier League season. And you know by now that the Ghana Premier League season, the new Ghana Premier League season starts on the 29th of October. So I'm sure next week on The Locker Room, we'll be doing heavy uh, preview and analysis ahead of the Ghana Premier League and all of that's to come. So you want to join us tomorrow on the Joint News Channel between 7.30 p.m. and 9. Am I with that? Yes, 7.30 p.m. and 9. As we go through all that has happened with your clubs. And I tell you quite a number of clubs have done some 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 very good business. So you, you want to join us for that on the Joint News Channel. So then let's talk about the games that have uh, gone through. Joel is here uh, with me. Joel, are you good? Very good, my brother. Okay, so where, where do we start? Let's start with uh, what's happening in the English Premier League. And now we know that Arsenal lead Aston Villa by two goals to nil. The first goal was scored by Thomas Partey, who is having a fantastic month. Um, you know, yeah, he's got two crucial goals for the Black Stars on the, yep. uh, during the international break. Uh, yep. Yes, against us. I mean, Zimbabwe, and then Zimbabwe here in Cape Coast, and then Zimbabwe away. The only goal there was by a free kick. Mm-hmm. And then the second goal was scored by Pemirik Aubameyang. But Martinez always proving to us that he's a great goalkeeper. It, it was from the spot. Uh, Aubameyang hit it right-footed, but it was saved by Martinez. And the follow-up went right in there. I think Martinez has actually cemented his place now as a, a top goalkeeper when it comes to penalty shootouts. Yeah, yeah. And Messi, Messi even appreciates Martinez as a goalkeeper. <laughs> You know, when you watch the game, you can tell that... And, and Martinez, we are talking about the goalkeeper of Aston Villa. Guys. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> when you even watch the game, you can, you can see that Martinez is proving to Arsenal why they shouldn't have sold him. He's trying to tell them that, look, you, you chose Leno over me. Yeah. 
and right now I'm proving to you that I am a better goalkeeper than Leno. <laughs> well, Leno have a few questions for us. Anyway, yeah, like you say, they've got Ramsdale in. So yeah. what, what's saying now? Okay, so maybe he's got the points uh, to prove out there. But that's the game there. Uh, it looks like Arsenal, can they sail through this? We've seen um, two goal leads crash. We've seen a lot of things happen. Yeah. Can Arsenal keep this? Well, you can't always trust us, no. Okay. <laughs> you can't trust so, so you want to hold on and see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, but the good thing is that Thomas Partey is playing very well. He's yeah. really, really playing well. And uh, he's, he feels to, he feels like a man who is in the mood. He really in the mood for the game. So we'll see how that goes. Aside that, we've got other games. Uh, let's see what we've got in the French Liga. Just to remind you, the French Liga was a big game between Paris Saint-Germain and Marseille. Uh, I've just been trying to analyse, okay, how big is this one? Uh, because Marseille, okay, it was still big. Mm. I mean, old rivalry is still big. So allow Marseille and PSG to go in there. Between them, there's always that little talk about who has won the Champions League before and who has not won the Champions yeah, League before. Yeah, yeah. And it's even, one that Marseille look over their shoulders. Yeah, and, even, and when they lost, there was a big fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all I was about to point out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in a friendly game, St. Etienne Abigail you know, that game is delayed. We're looking forward to that. And then, oh, we just got to go right now. Is Oxford just scoring one goal? They're down by three goals to one against Mainz in the German Bundesliga and the Italian Serie A. We've got some special games. There's Napoli versus Roma to come. And then there's Internazionale versus Juventus. Uh, I hope Roma will be in the right frame of mind to play against Napoli. Yeah. And because, uh, yeah, yeah. It's quite sad they lost, just as Jose Mourinho said. Mm. He had to rest players thinking he was having a good intention. But unfortunately... Things didn't turn out how he wanted, and they lost by six goals to one. Yeah, uh, he says he has a team, but he doesn't. He says he has a good team, but he doesn't have a good squad. Good squad. Okay, yeah. so make of it what you will. Those are the big games to come in in Italy. Let's have a look at the, what we got here right now. So Torino, uh, that game's finished. Uh, they beat uh, 